This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, hot mess of a host, Low Von. So aggressive with the rolling of the R's. I'm your host, Lo von Rumpf, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. No place I'd rather be than here with my low lifers. I hope you're having a great day, a beautiful week so far. And if you're not having a good day, having a bit of a shitty kitty week, that seasonal depression is kicking on in. Don't you worry, because same, <laughs> same. <laughs> I've just been having a bit of a week. Let's just start it out. Mental health-wise this week, scale of a 1 to 10, I'm going to rate my mental health a solid 6.5 this week. Yeah, bit of a dip. <laughs> yeah, just kind of going through it this week. Here's the thing. I've been blessed with some 8s, 9s, and 10s, and I've had a few strong weeks. I had a great trip in Nashville, you know, a wonderful Thanksgiving. But, you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows for me. I'm not a f***ing Care Bear. I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. <laughs> so sometimes have a bit of a dip. And this is one of those weeks where I've just been feeling kind of bummed, uh, stressed out a bit. The thing is, I'm thankful to know exactly what triggers me. I used to wonder, like, what made me sad? Am I just depressed? Now I know exactly what's causing me to be in that little bit of a rut uh, because I journal. I'm not sure if you like to journal, if you've ever tried it. Uh, but it's tremendously helped me with my mental health. I freaking love it. I'm such a big advocate for journaling. Just get it out, brain drain it. And it starts to feel really good because for me, here's the thing. The thought of journaling at first was like, oh God, not going to do it. It's just another thing to add to my list of shit to do that I didn't have time for. And my therapist was like, you know what, Lo? Just start it off small baby steps. Get the habit down. Get a nice, healthy habit. Make it a nice, healthy ritual for yourself and don't take too much on. So open up the journal and just write three things you're grateful for. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. It takes me all of five minutes to do that. And I started writing three things I'm grateful for every single day. And I did that for about six months. And that's it. Once I write it down, I'd close it, open it up the next day, write it out, boom. And it became so habitual for me, like brushing my teeth and you know flossing and that sort of thing, showering, all of the above that journaling just became part of my normal life. Once I got to the point of it becoming a habit, then I started adding more to it. And then I started actually writing down how I was feeling that day. What was depleting me, you know, rating my days on a scale of one to 10 every single day, every single morning, or at the end of the day, that's when I would rate it. And I started to pay attention to patterns. And now I look at my journal entries as not only very therapeutic, they've helped me just to give some insight because I forget everything. You know, life is so busy. You know, if I have a bad day, you know, life moves on, boom, boom, boom. And then before I know it, I like forgot why I had a bad day. So I'm able to go back and look at these journal entries as like data. This is data on my mental health. I would be mortified if anyone looked in these journal entries. Some of the shit I write down. <laughs> Top secret info. But I could just lay it all out and I could talk about, you know, this depleted me today. This is why I was upset on this day. And I started going back and reading some old entries. And that's when I was seeing a pattern of like, oh, wait a minute. Every time I hung out with this specific person, I was feeling depleted. I was starting to feel bummed. I didn't feel good about myself. And I noticed a pattern in that. But I hung out with this person so sporadically that it wasn't until I had it like documented <laughs> that I realized, uh, hold up, maybe I don't need to be hanging out with this person solo, just that one person and I. Maybe it needs to be more of a group setting because they are energy drainers and they don't make me feel good about myself. Or maybe I just need to cut that freaking person out completely, which I've had to do. It sucks, but you know, I'm glad I know what the hell is causing me to feel bummed. I also saw that on Tuesdays I was getting extra stressed. I noticed my mental health would take a little dip every Tuesday. I'm like, it's Taco Tuesday. I should be happy as can be. I love, I love Tuesdays. Um, but I realized that Tuesdays I have deadlines. I have a lot of things that I have to turn in on Tuesday. So for me, it's just a heavy day. I also have uh, training uh, with my trainer. 
uh, and a bunch of other stuff that I do. So I realized, okay, my workload is way too heavy on Tuesdays. What can I remove from my workload on Tuesdays so that I'm able to feel better about myself? So I ended up taking Tuesdays now my off day. I don't train on Tuesdays anymore. Um, I now train on a Saturday and I take my Tuesday to just focus on my deadlines. And I feel a lot better that I can do that. Just managing my time a little better and just seeing where my mood is at. Now, Tuesdays, I look forward to them because I don't have to squeeze in, you know, a a two hour session with my trainer, which really puts me behind the eight ball with everything else I have going in life. So again, it just made me aware of how I was feeling, where my time was going and, and what the hell my mood was like. So this week, the trigger for me was I was missing little Dookie, my little pug of love. Yeah, I was just feeling sad. Waves of grief. Some weeks are better than others. And I've been doing fine. You know, for those of you who don't know, if you're new here, uh, my little pug, uh, Dookie, I had him for 14 years and he, he passed away in April and it just took me out at the knees. Oh, it was a tough one. And I've had highs and lows and it's definitely been a roller coaster of emotion. But I realized with the holidays coming up, so much of my focus and attention and happiness around the holidays was centered around this little pug of love dressed up like little Santa Claus. I would dress him up like an elf all the time. I just had so much fun like buying him cute outfits and taking him around with me shopping. So much of the holiday happiness was centered around little Dookie. And this is my first Christmas, my first Thanksgiving. He loved Thanksgiving. We do like a cute little dog-friendly version of a feast for him. Anyway, it was just tough. And it's interesting because I was just going about my week. Everything seemed pretty good. I wasn't too stressed out. And I went to see my trainer and my trainer has uh, guava trees planted around his house. And so the smell of guavas is everywhere. I love the smell of guavas, uh, but it was so triggering to me because Dookie was obsessed with guavas. And when guava season happened, when guavas were ready to bloom, is that what you say? Or I don't know, ripe guavas were hanging from the tree. My parents have one at their house, a guava tree. Uh, Dookie would go nuts. He knew like, We'd be in bed and he could smell a freaking guava from bed. Dookie didn't run much. You know, he's a pug. They're not the most active of pups, but guava season, he was freaking bolting out the door, ready to feast on any guavas that fell to the floor. Um, so it was just really cute. He's obsessed with them. Anything guava flavored, that was his thing. So anyway, I showed up to see my trainer and I smelled guavas and, and I just got so sad. And he's like, are you good, Lo? And I'm like, yeah. And then I just started thinking about Dookie and started crying. <laughs> I started bawling my eyes out. I was like, sorry, I just need a moment. And he's like, yeah, was it, is it the guavas? Like he was so confused. <laughs> I go, yeah, sorry. It's just, yeah, guavas do that to me sometimes, you know? <laughs> so It was totally fine. I felt it in the moment. It was important for me to not like hold it back. I'm like, I got to feel it. I've been having a great week so far, but clearly been holding something in because these guavas are triggering the hell out of me. So I think that uh, definitely contributed to me just feeling a little down this week because I'm, I'm missing uh, my little bestie. So that's a, a bit of a, a struggle this week. And then also the holidays, as exciting as they are, as beautiful as all the Christmas deco is, I love the holidays. But it's been proven statistically, my therapist shared this with me, that around December and January, that's the highest peak of depression, especially here in the United States. People get really sad during the holidays. The weather changes. You have unnecessary stressors like family flying in or not flying in. Uh, Relationships are really put to the test during the holidays. Finances are at the forefront because people are spending more money on gifts and things like that, which can cause stress. So Anyway, if you're feeling bummed right now and you're like, I'm supposed to be in a great mood, it's Christmas, I need to get in the freaking Christmas spirit, that's okay. Sometimes you're just not going to feel that good and just feel it in the moment. Maybe write it out in a little journal and just give yourself a moment to actually feel it. Feel it, boom, and then you could move on and, and try and have a fresh start because every day is a nice, fresh start, which feels great. I always remind myself of that. So it's really helped me. Anyway, I'm very excited for today's episode. Enough of my rant about my depression. <laughs> Let's get into today's episode. So I have dietitian Shanna Hutchison on the podcast today. I thought it was the perfect time because we were just coming off of Thanksgiving. And I know people are like, oh, damn, I really threw it down at Thanksgiving. And right now with holidays and everything coming up with Christmas, Kwanzaa, 
Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating, there's a lot of feasting involved. There's a lot of sweet treats. So I thought it was the perfect time to bring on a dietitian to just talk about some food, what we're eating, some tips and tricks for keeping yourself healthy during the holidays. And I had a great conversation with her. We talk about gluten, which to be honest, I didn't even know what gluten actually is. I know I'm like, avoid it at all costs, but we talk about gluten. We get into the weeds with it and discover, is it the devil or is it delightful? We also talk about meat consumption, you know, having a carnivorous diet, meat eating diet. Uh, She's definitely in the middle. She's not vegan. She's not vegetarian. She has meat incorporated into her diet. And she talks about that. Also her journey to becoming a dietitian. Uh, I also learned there's a difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian. So that was great. She's a lovely human to have a conversation with. I love that she's a new mama and she opens up and talks about what she's been going through as a mother. And yeah, I'm sure you've guessed it's not always sunshine and rainbows. And it's nice that people are open to talking about that, which we dive into in the podcast. And of course, we also talk about some random shit I love, like spam and a dietitian's opinion on canned vegetables and canned meats. So (laughs) without further ado, let's jump into today's very special episode with dietitian Shanna Hutchinson. Hit it. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Low Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, we have nutritionist, dietitian, a beautiful mother, a little Kansas City gem of a queen. We're talking to Shanna Hutchison. Welcome. Okay, I'm so excited to have you here because we just wrapped up uh, Thanksgiving. That's when this episode's coming out. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, are wearing their maternity pants right now and they're just feeling put mine back out. (laughs) Yeah. Whip them back out. You know what though? Uh, truth be told, I love a good pair of maternity pants as a man. They sell at target. I'll tell you this much. I, uh, I bought a pair of sweats. I didn't even realize, or no, they were, um, they were like workout pants, Um, but but they were, um, (laughs) they were were maternity. Well, that's like the friends episode where joey talks about uh whipping out his thanksgiving pants which i know you don't like friends but <laughs> for all my friends peeps oh shit they know that reference <laughs> you know i don't like friends you know what i need to give it a fair shake though because you really do. i need to get into it because maybe some character development yeah i i watched it early on and then i think i was just like maybe it was the first season of it and I didn't relate to it, but I got to invest into the characters because I also didn't like The Office at first. I thought the show was a little boring and I didn't relate to it at all because I didn't work in an office. And then it became my favorite show, pretty much one of my favorite shows of all time. Have you seen The Office? I love The Office. That's how I felt about Schitt's Creek as well at first, which yeah. I was like, I don't know about this. Kind of weird. And then now I'm obsessed with it and I've watched it like four times through. So, yeah, well, I got um, a special background. We're here in Rainforest Cafe, if you will. But because I knew we were doing a whole like dietitian episode on nutrition and what the hell we're eating and consuming, I thought, okay, I need some greenery behind you. Yeah, some fresh flowers from the flower market, some lilies that just bloomed this morning. So, yeah, we're in a good space right now. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code lowlife. That's Nutrafol.com promo code lowlife. I want to talk about diet, some nutrition things. There's a lot of myths out there. There's a lot of misconceptions. I'm sure I've, I've been getting it wrong on a few things myself. What are you doing in your life to have a well-balanced diet? Yeah. Yeah, good question. 
this is something that I hear from people all the time or that I commonly get asked about. And you'll probably hear a recurring theme from me, but I will just go ahead and say that there's no one size fits all. Everyone is different. You know, we each have unique nutritional needs, but we also have different preferences, different schedules, different, you know, so many different factors to kind of take into account. And so, for example, too, you know, I personally love breakfast. Like I wake up excited to eat. (laughs) And so I am not like one to intermittent fast you know, that's obviously another popular thing right now too, you know, so to each their own, you know, there's, there really is no magical meal pattern that works best for everyone. Um, And again, you know, there are certain medical conditions where people will benefit from like more small frequent meals because that's true, their digestion or something like that. So, um, you know, and for people who have diabetes, for example, you know, for their blood sugar management, they're going to, going to not want to go super, super long periods of time without eating, for example. So, there's a lot of nuance to it, um, as there is with really every nutrition related topic. With that said, you know, so to kind of touch on, I guess, intermittent fasting, because again, that is such a popular common thing right now and a common question. Again, you know, I'm not going to say absolutely yes or absolutely no. It depends on the person. What I talk a lot about on my kind of blog and social media and everything is, which I know you talked to Rob Beauty Talks about intuitive eating. So yes, you guys have kind of Aaron, Aaron Traylor. Yes, she's awesome. Um, but I, I kind of encourage people to use that approach of really honoring and paying attention to what your body's needs are and really honoring your hunger and fullness cues. And I think that's something that so many people are really out of touch with. Yeah, because of intermittent fasting or different diets where they're like tracking calories or macros or whatever the, it, the case may be, they are like relying on so many external factors to tell them exactly when, what, and how much to eat versus like actually paying attention to, am I hungry or am I full? Yeah, you know, and yeah, not not stressing so much about, oh my gosh, it's not eleven a.m. yet, I can't eat yet. But if you're, you know, it's nine a.m. and you're starving, like why would you wait until eleven to eat? So. I, I think, you know, really honoring what your body is telling you is, is the best way to go. And, um, and also keeping in mind that might not look the same every single day and that's okay too. Um, you know, so having flexibility, I think is really important. Um, again, you know, our schedules are going to obviously play a role there too. And, and also, you know, for people who work like night shift, for example, you know, their schedule is going to look different and they have right. to at night and that's okay. You know, so there's there's a lot of different things to kind of take into account. Did you become a mindful, intuitive eater because you battled with an eating disorder? Did you go through that? Because Erin was very candid and sharing that she got to that point, but she struggled with food. She went through hell and back in regards to her diet. And she really put her body through a lot. I love how open she is about it. But I mean, now she's at a place where she's helping women and men. uh, So they're not having to deal with eating disorders and they can intuitively eat. But how did you get to that place in your life where not only did you become a dietitian, nutritionist, both one in the same or different occupations? So there is an important distinction to make between the two. Um, okay. Technically, technically, and this is not to offend anyone who calls themselves a nutritionist because, you know, there's a spectrum for sure. Um, but technically, anyone could kind of call themselves a nutritionist. But oh. to, be, to be a registered dietitian, there, you know, you have to, to get your dietetics degree. And then there's a whole internship program. You have to get like 1,200 hours of supervised practice. And then you have to sit and take a national exam to get your credentials and then there's ongoing continuing education as well so there is a difference it's a much yeah it's a much <laughs> more rigorous yes much more yeah. rigorous process. a lot of t- dietitians get very fired up when people don't make that distinction i'm like people just don't know and that's okay i so, had no idea but i just yeah. learned something now there you go. well i guess it's the equivalent of saying like if you're a facialist but if but if i went to school and i got my dermatology degree and I was a dermatologist and someone introduced me as a facialist, which I love my facialist, um, <laughs> but she can't prescribe me uh, my retinol right. cream. Right. So there's that. So I get it. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad we have the distinction. Okay. So uh, dietitian queen. And then how did you get to that point of intuitive eating? Yeah. Good question. So I, unlike Aaron, I did not have a full-blown diagnosed eating disorder, but I definitely struggled with body image and disordered eating behaviors, which kind of started in high school 
Um, I started kind of tracking calories in high school. I was a cheerleader. I'm a very petite person. Um, and so, you know, especially as a cheerleader, you're kind of uh, all eyes are on you. And I think that's kind of where it started. Um, and I started tracking my calories in high school. And that was something that I continued to do for like seven years or something crazy. Did you already feel the pressure to maintain a certain size and weight when you were that young? What, 15, 16, 17 in high school? I think I think part of it was due to certain people that I was around. You know, of course, teenage girls talk about that kind of thing. You know, yeah. and I think it's gotten so much worse. I'm so thankful that back when I was back in my day, <laughs> back in high school, Wait, could I ask how old are you? Because you look like you're all of 22 years old. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I am you look 29, right. 29 and a half. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> Millennial. Pretty soon. Um, but yeah, so back in when I was in high school, social media wasn't really a thing. And so I do. I'm so scared for <laughs> the generations now because social media makes it so much harder, I think. But anyway, you know, I think just uh, I had some influences in my life at that time who who maybe didn't have a healthy relationship with food or their bodies. And I think that definitely reflected on me as well. And something that I began to struggle with also for a long time. And throughout college, I, you know, still kind of tracked the calories on and off. And then, you know, obviously I pursued dietetics as a, as a degree. And I've always had a passion for health and nutrition and exercise and things like that grew up in an active family. And so that was, you know, I still did, value health and want to help people with their health. But I think at the time it was coming from more of a disordered place of like wanting to also control my own body, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, and I, unfortunately I did have times throughout my college career that I would like, I would binge drink first of all, and then I would binge eat partially because I was restricting all the other time. Was it because you were hammered and then wanted a pizza, like that sort of thing? <laughs> Basically, because like, I've done yeah. that last week, you know. And yes, and which is, I mean, you know, college. That's a, a normal. That's somewhat of a normal, you know, unfortunately, behavior and, and routine. But part of it too was because you know I would Monday through Friday be good and or more like Monday through Thursday in college because the weekend yeah. was on Thursday <laughs> back then. But you know, so I would I would kind of like let loose and just finally give myself permission to eat a lot of stuff, you know? And so, but then, you know, and that's something that went on for a couple of years. And then even I'm trying to think of what year it even was maybe my junior or senior year, but I also started purging a little bit too, or, you know, making myself throw up after I would binge, which is so like, it's just crazy to look back now because it's, you know, it's been such a long time and I'm thankful that I didn't go too, too far yeah. down the road. But it's still like even having the thought of wanting to do that is not healthy, obviously. And even doing it once or more than once is is not good either. And so um, I'm thankful that I was able to kind of pull myself out of that. And again, I, I didn't have a, a diagnosed eating disorder by any means, but of course, that was very disordered. So from there, you know, I, I'm super thankful. I feel like part of the Part of what got me out of that was being with my husband because he mm -hmm. is a very normal eater. He's never like been, he doesn't overthink about, you know, what to eat or anything. And so he had a healthy relationship with food. And I think that that was really helpful for me to kind of be around him. And he would encourage me or like push me out of my comfort zone. We would, you know, go on dates and eat fun things. And I, I didn't stress about it with him. And so I, and you felt comfortable, like throwing it down, like ordering what you wanted, eating as much as you wanted. Yeah. So a lot of uh, females that would go on dates and they're going to order, you know, a little cup of miso soup, right. and a little salad, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that was part of it. And it's funny because like we were in, it was when we were engaged and in um, premarital counseling that we were talking through, you know, you talk about a variety of things. It's like a therapy session with your person. Um, yeah. And somehow the topic came up of counting calories with the, the, I guess, therapist that we were working with. And I, for whatever reason, like had a breakdown and just realized all of a sudden, like how stressed it was making me to be tracking my food so obsessively. And it was mm -hmm. something that I just didn't realize until that moment for whatever reason. And I stopped tracking cold turkey once I kind of stumbled upon the concept of intuitive eating on Instagram actually um, yeah. from other dietitians and I was like you know what do I even need to be doing this anymore like why am I doing this to myself 
I could, maybe I could try to just eat <laughs> and see what that's like. And, um, so I never looked back and, um, you know, but I don't want anyone to be like, oh yeah, it's just an overnight process. <laughs> Cause unfortunately it's not, you know, it took me no. years of healing my relationship with food after that. And, you know, trying to stop doing mental math every time I was eating and, um, you know, it, it but it's such a amazing, beautiful thing when you are really in tune with what your body's telling you. And I'm super thankful too, that I was in that place before pregnancy and now before postpartum, cause it's like a whole nother journey of, you know, accepting your body changing and accepting different cravings and your appetite being like through the roof when you're breastfeeding. Yeah. Wait, so you are a new mama, right? Yes. L is it little rat? Yes. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. I saw a picture of Little Rat. I love the name Rat. Um, uh, the country singer Thomas Rat is one of my favorites. I, I love, love him. I love yeah, him. Me too. And he's he's so sweet with his wife. Oh, I love that family. I know, and they just had their fourth baby girl. Did they really? Wow. I got to hang out with Thomas Rhett. I'm name dropping just because I was excited to hang with him. Yeah. Well, I, we have a few mutual friends. So so luckily I got invited to his house uh, after uh, the CMA Awards. This was a couple years back and I got to meet his wife and him. And they're just the nicest oh people, gosh. nicest humans. But I do love the name. And I saw your little Rhett was dressed like an avocado, uh, which is <laughs> so cute. Um, wait, how old is how old is the little king? So he is 10 months as of yesterday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it, that may not seem like super new mama. I think that's new. It hasn't even hit a year mark yet. Yes. Yes. It's just, I actually posted something about it today. It's just like, people just think that you recover, like, you know, snap back immediately. And that is not the case. It takes a long time. Are you talking <laughs> about emotionally, physically, both? Every single aspect. Mentally. Right. You know, because especially, you know, so, so many women struggle with like postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. I definitely had the anxiety and I even had some like rage, postpartum rage, which I really? feel like people don't talk about at all. Is that an actual diagnosis? Like you get postpartum rage? Um, I mean, technically it's probably a, a real yeah. diagnosis, but I mean, there were just times, you know, it's just crazy. Your emotions, of course, horm horm hormones are very much a thing, Um, you know, that play into it postpartum. but. Yeah, just every single aspect physically, you know, I feel like I've just recently healed. <laughs> yeah. How do you go about healing? Are you take on meds, a little Xanax, lorazepam, diet, drinking or therapy, all of the above? I'm curious, how are you handling the hormone influx? Yeah, good question. So I did start therapy after, you know, having some episodes where I just felt like my rage, my anxiety were just out of control. So I did yeah. start therapy. And so I've been doing that for several months and that has definitely been helpful. And I will say part of it, I think is time as well. You know, things do get easier with time and I'm sure my hormones have kind of balanced out a little bit more at this point, but yeah, I mean, and also just taking care of myself and asking for help. And, you know, I'm, I'm super lucky because again, my husband is really great and supportive and he helps with a lot of stuff. We also have both of our families close by. So we have, you know, a ton of good support and we have so many close friends who also have babies and are in this season of life as well. Oh, nice. Okay. So you have a, you have a nice little network of people. Yes. When you ended up finding a therapist, now you've been going to this therapist for what, like six to eight months. I don't know. Probably like four or five, maybe. Okay. I, I've, it took me a while to find a good therapist. Was this a one-time recommendation and you were happy with him or her? How was it for you? Because I know people struggle to find a good therapist. It's a lot of work to even get into that world of like wanting to get help. You think you just call a therapist, you book an appointment, but it's really about energy, a good fit with someone, their philosophy. I had one therapist and I remember him, he, Dr. Rodriguez, and I was like, oh, he's Hispanic. Okay, I'll keep it within the my people. Sure. <laughs> he takes my insurance too. But he was so, anything I said, I was like, oh, I was just feeling a little bummed this week. Boom. Xanax prescription. Here we go. He loved, he was, he loved to push some drugs on me. Um, so I was, I was going to be like loaded up with a bunch of different antidepressants, anti-anxiety and, uh, anti-psychotics. Uh, so he wasn't a great fit for me because I felt like that was a very quick fix for him. Uh, he actually ended up losing his license because he was, uh, writing a bunch, a bunch of, of pushing all the pills on everyone. Yes. And a lot of his, uh, patients became super addicted to everything and there was lawsuits. Anyway. 
I found a new therapist who could still write prescriptions, but was more on the therapy side of it and, and actually gave me some wonderful coping mechanisms. And I ended up not needing to go on an antidepressant. Again, viable option for some people. I'm not anti-meds, whatever works for you. But I'm just curious, uh, how was it with finding a therapist? And yeah, that's, that. that is a good question because I, so I'm actually seeing someone through my employer. I do have a full-time job as well. So someone who is covered on my insurance. And so, you know, hopefully if she's listening to this, <laughs> I don't know if she ever will, but she is a good therapist. I wouldn't say that she's like, I wouldn't say she's a very, a perfect fit for me, yeah. but it, I think like in some ways, one of the most helpful parts of therapy is just like talking out loud to someone about sounding board. Yeah. About shit that you don't like always like think about or talk about with other people. And so it just, sometimes it like brings up things that you maybe didn't realize that you're struggling with. And so she's made the comment so many times that I'm so self-aware because a lot of the time, like in therapy, 90% of it is like me talking to myself. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, you're giving so yourself a session, right, supervised exactly. visit. Like, yeah, I love that you're, you know, you're doing this, you're advocating for yourself. So some, sometimes in, in a way, it's just like validation from someone else, which is really helpful. But um, again, you know, she's not a hundred percent perfect fit for me necessarily, but I do think that over the years through like, which I know may, people who haven't kind of adopted into intuitive eating might think this just sounds silly, but truly through that process, I've like really have become so much more self-aware and, you know, just better able to honor my, again, my body, my mind, what I need in a lot of different ways. And so I do feel like that has been really helpful. And so the fact that she does point out my self-awareness is just really encouraging because again, yeah. you know, now I'm 29. Um, so I'm in a, a place in my life where I've, I have more life experience and I, I am so much more self-aware than I was when I was 20 or 21, when I was, you know, binging and purging that kind of thing. So, yeah. I, I want to ask, what is your opinion? What is your thought on good old fashioned carnivorous meat eaten you're in kansas they love what's kansas known for like good old-fashioned barbecue is that kind of similar to nashville yeah. uh, pulled pork okay yeah. so are you loving that meat life i've have a lot of vegan listeners and a lot of meat eaters and i'd love to have someone that is like so pro meat come on because i had uh, dr nagra from uh vancouver uh come on and he's a great naturopathic doctor who's definitely not about that meat life he's only plant-based I have a lot of friends who are plant-based, but I, I want to get the opposing side too, or someone, someone in the middle, which is kind of where I'm at. I do have a little vegan moments right now. I'm going that vegan life. Uh, but what are your thoughts on a vegetarian or non-meat diet? Is it great for you? Do you prefer it? Yeah, good question. So I, I'm the perfect person for you because I am in the middle. I think that we can have, again, a balance. I don't think that I don't think anyone should be doing the carnivore diet where they're like only eating meat. Like Dr. Adkins diet. That was just like a bunch of red meat. Right, right. But I also don't think that a totally vegan diet is necessary either or something that, you know, a lot of people don't feel well without animal foods because, you know, there are important nutrients that we can only get from animal foods like vitamin B12 and iron. We can get iron from some plant sources too, but it's not absorbed as efficiently as the iron that we get from like meat, for example. So, oh, so taking a, cause I take a supplement right now, B12 actually, okay. and iron, uh, because I haven't really been eating meat. Uh, so well, not at all, actually Thanksgiving though, I'm going to okay. throw it yeah. down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Carnivorous, of course. Uh, but you're saying if you are living that vegan life and taking a supplement, you can still get your vitamins. And Dr. Nagra did tell me that as well. But if you were to consume it from meat consumption, it would be a higher dosage or, or your body would absorb it in an easier way. It's better for you. So with the, the vitamin B12, like I said, B12. We, can only, we can only get that from animal foods. Um, but if you're doing a supplement, then that's okay too. You know, that can kind of fill those needs. Um, as a dietitian, you know, I always prefer food first, but of course, for people who want to follow a plant-based diet, completely respect that for, you know, whatever the reason that they want to do that. Sure. Um, but again, you know, and same with iron. So, um, iron 
a supplement may be needed for people who don't um, include animal foods. And so, yeah, those are, those are the the biggest things that I worry about with the, with plant-based diets and same with like omega-3s. Um, we can get those from, especially from like fatty fish. So that might be another supplement that people might consider if they're never including those types of foods. But yeah, so I prefer to get most of the nutrition that we can from food. And so with enable in order to be able to do that, we want to include a wide variety of foods, including both plant and animal sources. It goes back to wanting to include lots and lots of those colorful fruits and vegetables that people are lacking. So I think there's there's no, you know, argument that plant foods are beneficial for us. You know, everyone should be including those. Um, do, They're amazing. Have, do you have to be fully plant-based to achieve, you know, to reap all the benefits of those foods? No, but should we have a better balance of, you know, I think people similar to carbs, people are also consuming really large quantities of meat and not enough plant foods. So we can't just say, you know, one extreme or the other. I really do think that balance in the middle is, is kind of the, the way to go and more sustainable long-term. I'm just curious from a dietitian standpoint, let's just say they were, to, they were to say, you know what? Meat is banned in the United States of America, probably only the blue states for now. Let's just say it was banned in all of the blue states, <laughs> uh, democratic states, California would be the first leading that the charge and no meat, but we could survive. Like the country could, people could survive, right? If we were to ban meat and you had supplements, most people would probably be okay. Or, or do you think there are some people that definitely need to have meat in their diet? Like, like maybe there are some people out there who couldn't absorb B12 in a supplement form. And the only way they can actually get that particular nutrient is through good old fashioned steak with some A1 sauce on it. (laughs) Is that the case? Or did I just make that up? I don't know. I just threw that throwing shit on the wall to see what sticks. (laughs) Shanna, I don't know. What do you think? I think that, I mean, people would be okay. We would live, but I I think majority of people, including myself, I feel much better when I'm including animal foods Um, because, you know, those, those are going to be some of the best sources of protein. And so, you know, protein, of course, is an important macronutrient that we all need. And so again, that's not to say that we can't meet our protein needs on a plant-based diet, but you have to be very intentional about it and strategic. Um, which a lot of people are not. And you got to really listen to your body too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really do encourage a more balanced approach for, you know, if anyone's kind of like on the fence of, you know, should I go vegan or should I do this? And again, you know, if it's an ethical reason for, for following a plant-based diet, that's completely different. Um, but if you're just, if you're really stressed about, oh my gosh, is meat going to kill me? No, <laughs> it's not. You know, you can safely and healthfully include meat but again, we want to be mindful about the overall balance and variety of foods that we're getting in our diet. I'm so curious right now with FDA regulations and all the different labels I see on shit, fruits and vegetables. And I will, of course, I'm like, I'm going to buy organic, you know, celery. And it's like in a special area on the produce aisle. And it's like the organic section. And it's like, you know, prettier font. It's a little bit of a higher price point. The celery looks a little greener. So I will do that or free range eggs. When I was eating eggs right now, I'm doing just eggs, the vegan version, but I do love a good old classic chicken egg too. Uh, but I will do the the brown ones so they're not bleached or whatever. Free range so the chickens can, you know, they're gathering the eggs as they fall out of the chicken's booty hole, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure out, is it even worth it? Like, can they slap a free range sticker on any old chicken farm these days? Like even buying organic and stuff, are they strict about it or am I just being duped? Kind of like when you see fair trade tuna, you know, dolphin free, whatever. It's like, yes and no. It's still actually you're going to you might not have some dolphin meat in there, but you're going to have some stingray or God knows what. You know, they're <laughs> trapping a lot in those nets. So I'm just wondering with the labeling that is on stuff and the higher price points as a dietitian, have you noticed? a difference? Is it worth it? Yeah, good question. So to answer your question, there are specific regulations and like things that they have to follow in order to be able to like put organic on the label, for example. One good thing that people could do is purchase local produce. A lot of times that a lot of times local uh, farmers do use organic farming practices, but they may not have an organic certification because it's very expensive to get that. 
and then you're supporting your local local economy, which is always a good thing too. Yes. But with organic, you know, the thing, I think there's so many misconceptions, like you said, out there and confusion and yeah, I'm overwhelmed by it all. Yeah, it is overwhelming. And even, you know, even for myself, there's just so much new stuff all the time to kind of sift through and, you know, keep up to date with the, the truth is our food supply is very safe. And so I think there's a lot of fear mongering out there about food in general. And so just know that conventional produce is still safe and still healthy and still going to provide very, very, very similar nutrition value to your diet and to your body. So, you know, and I think it goes back to access and, you know, what people, what people can access, what people can afford. So, and that's a problem too, is a lot of people are just avoiding produce altogether because they're like, I can't, I can't afford organic. So I'm just going to not buy fruits and vegetables. (laughs) And Uh (laughs) and that's a problem. Whoever's doing that, like, come on now. Right. Well, I know it's, it's sad, but it's a real thing. Can you still get your nutrients and stuff, fruits and vegetable wise, if you're not buying organic, buy them frozen. They have organic and they're a little cheaper frozen sometimes too. I guess fresh, is it always better going fresh rather than frozen? Even when it comes to like berries and stuff like that, frozen spinach, frozen broccoli. I buy, actually I like fresh, but once in a while for smoothies and stuff, I'll buy frozen. But is there a big nutritional difference in how your body consumes it or the process for freezing it? I'm not sure. Yeah, good question. So frozen vegetables are actually, I don't want to say they're healthier. They're they're both awesome options. But with frozen, they're frozen at their like peak ripeness, their like highest nutritional point. And so it's oh. like locking in all of the nutrition at that, you know, prime moment. Whereas fresh, you know, it takes some time for between, you know, when they pick the food to to get it to the store, it sits on the shelf by the time you get it home and it sits for a bit it loses some nutrition in that process. Um, so frozen in some ways, because of that, it is, Better. you know, it typically has a little bit higher nutrition because of that. But again, they're both wonderful options. So fresh, frozen, even canned can be an okay option. What? I know, you know, people think canned is the worst, but they can absolutely fit. Think that. <laughs> they can fit in the diet as well. And again, that's a whole nother can of worms, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, of people freaking out about BPA. That's again, a totally different topic, but canned can even fit in the diet. And again, it goes back to access and what people can afford. Um, And for some people, you know, that's going to be a more affordable and realistic option given their situation. Sure. Yeah. If you're broke, you're eating canned vegetables. I, oh my God, there's nothing nastier though than a can of peas. Oh, so sick. The color, um, there's some, I don't know. I, I can actually can fruits and veggies, maybe like green beans. I could do that like in a casserole, maybe with gravy. I don't know. I'm trying to think, is there one canned vegetable that you would eat that you're actually like, oh, I prefer this canned? <laughs> Honestly, no, but I, <laughs> Same. I purchase canned beans a lot, like canned black beans and stuff. Oh, like yeah, yeah. That. Okay. Me too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do. I do those. But otherwise, I'm, I'm more of a fresh veggie kind of gal. How do you feel about spam? Ugh. <laughs> I would <laughs> I wouldn't eat it. What? You've never had it? No. You've never had spam? No. Have you? Uh I had it like a couple nights ago actually. No. Uh, no. I I haven't had it in a minute. Uh but I'd say I had it in summer. Yeah, summer cuz I've been doing the uh, meat-free life for about I'd say the last Few months. You won't eat meat, uh, but you'll eat spam. No, well, no. Before I stopped. <laughs> wait, is spam technically meat? I don't even know what's in it. I think it's a mixture of horse, pig, little otter, uh, some crow meat, perhaps. I have no idea what's in there, but I'm going to tell you this much, Shanna. It's freaking delicious. Really? And I, oh, I love spam. I don't know what the nutritional value of it is, but let me tell you this much. Okay, S- spam fried rice is going to blow your, are you a fan of fried rice? Do you like, you know, the flavors? You got some soy sauce, garlic, sesame oil. Oh my God. I'm licking my chops thinking about it right now. So you take the spam, cube it up, put it in the, the wok, the pan with some sesame oil, some fresh garlic and you like fry. Garlic, but... 
kind of like tofu, just a lot more animals involved. And so you fry that shit up and then you start to add in, you know, your rice, your peas, whatever you want to add your egg to the fried rice. Uh, but that's traditionally I had it in Hawaii that way. Hawaii. Uh, but also I know a lot of uh, Filipinos love spam. Huh. One of my, and I then, try it out. I've never I've honestly I don't even know if I've seen spam in real life before. I wish you lived here in LA because I would have you over and make you a spam feast oh my uh, God. because there's also I'll call you <laughs> yeah because <laughs> there's also this thing that you wrap uh, what's the name of it spam musubi musubi which is like seaweed and a little bit of spam some rice involved and you eat kind of like a sushi situation sushi with spam Whoa. oh my god yes i grew up eating spam it's pretty bomb but i was just curious if you've ever uh tried it i'm not gonna no. yuck your yum but that does not sound very good <laughs> <laughs> vienna sausages you ever had one no, no. canned wieners no <laughs> No, I actually hate hot dogs. Oh, you do? Did you have a bad experience where you like threw up or something, got sick? <laughs> Valid question, but no. That actually, <laughs> I won't go into it, but that happened once with burgers, and I went a couple years without eating burgers, but I'm back oh. on the burger train. <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I started using the SkinCeuticals. Uh, what's the name of it? It's one of their serums. It's amazing for pH balancing your skin. And I put that on before my my retinol treatment. It smells like hot dog water. Straight up. Hot, it's so phosphorus and something else in it. Yeah, you put it's SkinCeuticals. You put three drops. You press it into your skin. It's incredible for your face. I'll get the name of it. I'll link it in this episode. Swipe up. I couldn't uh, get past the the smell. Oh, I know. Yeah, the smell's pretty shitty, but uh, that hot dog. Nothing worse than hot dog water or like a hot dog burp. Oh, that smell is so rancid. So bad. <sighs> okay, another question I have for you. Gluten. Are we for it? Are we against it? If you have, is it celiac disease? Is that how you pronounce celiac? Celiac. Celiac. Okay. And I do have one of my friends who has been diagnosed with it and gluten does not sit well with that person. They got to avoid it. It's not good for their diet and they actually will swell up. They'll feel physically sick from eating gluten and gluten is in so many things that we all know and love. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of uh, marketing is going behind promoting things that are gluten free. And as a consumer, I do not have celiac disease. I was tested for it. I don't have it. Uh, but for some reason, I will still go for a gluten-free option because now I have this in my head. I think gluten is the devil. But is it a devil, gluten the devil, or is it delightful? That's a good way to say it. Should we be consuming gluten or uh, should we avoid it? Does it matter? I'm just curious your thoughts. Yeah, very good question because there's so much confusion around this. And I think gluten-free things have gotten like this health halo where people yes. automatically see it says gluten-free. Oh, that's healthy. And that's really not always the case. And also just know that there are tons of foods that are naturally gluten-free, like fruits and vegetables. And many of the whole grains that we mentioned are gluten-free. Um, there okay. are many grain foods that do include gluten, though, like breads and, and things like that. So basically, not everyone needs to avoid gluten. Like you said, there are people, of course, who have celiac disease. The only way that they can manage that is a gluten-free diet forever. And then there are people who do have a legitimate gluten sensitivity um, that are non-celiac. So that okay. is... You know, some people do truly not feel well when they consume those foods. And so, of course, they're going to want to avoid them as well. But I think, you know, there's, again, it's kind of a diet culture thing that, you know, gluten has been demonized similar to carbs and all kinds of other things. But when it comes down to it, if you really think about it, a gluten-free cookie is still a cookie. <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily healthy for you when it's just because it's gluten-free, you know, we still need to, to kind of take into account what's in that food, you know, so going for more healthy whole foods majority of the time is going to still be a good goal for everybody, but we can absolutely still incorporate foods that have gluten in them, such as whole grain bread or pasta, right. or, you know, crackers, things like that. But we don't want to be eating, you know, all of those foods all the time. If that makes right. Sense. So gluten-free shouldn't be the catalyst for you purchasing it unless you have a gluten sensitivity. Correct. Or, okay, fair enough. I don't even know what the hell gluten is. A chemical? It's a particular molecule that's inside the food that like makes people sick? I don't even know. It's like a, it's a protein in different foods. I'm not, I'm so bad at explaining like. Oh, no, but like, I don't need the like Doc, Bill Nye, the science guy answer. Like, just like 
gluten is sort of this. You know what I mean? Because I'm over here clueless to what the hell gluten actually is. I just know that people are like weirded out about it. Yeah. Gluten is a protein in wheat, barley, and rye. That's the okay. short answer. So yes, it is something that people, some people do react to, but not everyone needs to completely avoid it. Okay. I will say too, you know, I think it's, it's kind of frustrating because, you know, with marketing these days, they've definitely capitalized on, oh, everyone thinks gluten-free is healthy. So let's slap it on everything. Yeah. But in some ways, I do think that can be beneficial for people who do have a legitimate reason to avoid gluten. Like if they have celiac or if they truly react negatively to gluten, because I think a lot of people like you don't exactly know exactly what gluten is always in. And so that can just be an, an easy thing for them to look for on labels for it to say, Oh, gluten-free. Okay. This is safe for me. So okay. in that, in that sense, I think that can be beneficial, but in other ways, I think it can just be confusing for people. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism at its finest marketing. Everyone's like, gluten's bad. I'm like, I'll buy it. Give me a gluten-free option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, just bought, I just ordered like gluten-free donuts options. And I was like, they were a little bit more expensive because there wasn't gluten, but I'm like, could I have done with the gluten? Is it really going to kill me? I don't know. But after talking to you, no, it won't. If I don't have a sensitivity to it, I'm probably going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. Well, I, I would love to get one amazing like drink or holiday recipe from you. We're going into uh, December right now. It's the Christmas season. Uh, also Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. But is there like a festive holiday? Do you drink alcohol? Are you down for the booze life? I do. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I don't like drink in excess anymore. <laughs> um, like I mentioned with my college days. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Occasional social drinker. Yeah, I do enjoy a few beverages. I actually just posted a recipe for a spiked cranberry apple cider. I saw it. So it looks it's so, so good. So good. Yes. I love a spice drink. Yeah. Well, that one recipe that you were talking about, what can you tell the listeners what that is? The spiked cranberry apple cider that I recently posted, it is simply rum and a little bit of cranberry juice, 100% cranberry juice, and apple cider, and some fresh cranberries on top to make it pretty, and a couple cinnamon sticks, and that's it. Oh, easy breezy recipe. Yeah. Are you doing Captain Morgan rum? Is that the rum that you like? Yeah. I, I'm not picky. I don't know. Yeah. I don't drink rum enough to have a preference. That's one of those cocktails that you could make and in like bulk. It's like, that's a good like party yeah. cocktail to have yeah. it pre-made and like right. a beautiful pitcher. Yep. And decorate it, little, you know, apples or something on top. Okay, I love that. Well, here at the Low Life Podcast, we do a round of rapid fire questions where we put you in the hot seat. So let's uh, go for a round of rapid fire questions. Hit it. Cottage in the beach or cabin in the woods? Oh my gosh. I think cabin in the woods. Love it. That's not a common answer. I'm glad you went with that one. We're big Colorado people. We like Oh, I, I love Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Celebrity crush, your male celebrity crush, female, non-binary, whatever you are down for. But I'd like to hear at least one male, one female. Sure. I would probably go with Jennifer Aniston for the female. Love, love her. Great or her. Reese Witherspoon. Love mm. Reese Witherspoon. And my male crush has always been, I've always had a thing for Matthew McConaughey. Oh, nice. Okay. A little Texas. Matthew <laughs> yeah. McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. All right. You know, there's a rumor about him that he smells very strong in the sense of that's the thing about him. I don't know. I don't even know if I'd mind it because he's so cute. You know, a yeah, little B.O. I think, I think he can get away with it. So we'll sure. See. If your belly button had a magical power, any magical power when you press it, what would you make your belly button do, Shanna? Oh, my gosh. This is a hilarious question. Um, I think it would make my, <laughs> so ridiculous to even say out loud, but it would make the sound of my son's baby giggles. Oh, that's so sweet. And I think I hear him now. He's either crying or giggling, but. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's a, that's a really sweet new mama answer. I love that. Uh, what is your go-to not cheat meal? We do not cheat here at the Low Life Podcast anymore. What is your go-to happy meal? Hmm. Happy meal like McDonald's. Um, oh, yeah, that does make me think of Mickey D's. I love um, pizza, honestly. Kind of boring, but you know what no, else I, I love it. is good old craft mac and cheese. Wow, straight from the box. Yep. You're doing, oh, 
specifically. <laughs> so classy. Are you doing water in that mix? Are you like upping it with some fresh like cream or, or milk or something? Milk, milk and butter. Okay. I'm usually, okay. uh, yeah, butter, ghee. Love it. When are you most inspired? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I would say morning, but now that I'm a mom and I work full time and I have my own kind of side hustle, if you will, I feel like any free moment that I have, (laughs) I kind of have to be inspired. Yeah. So as they come along, you have to take them as they come along as a new mama. Yep. What is a movie that is a mood changer for you? One you've seen more than once. You could probably quote it. I'm not going to ask you to quote it, but a movie that you absolutely love. And it could be a, a sad one if you want happy anything. We're down for it all here. I'm wondering if you've heard of this movie, but the one that comes to mind is That Thing You Do. <gasps> ah, love that movie. That Thing You Do. Oh, it's Tom Hanks. Uh Jonathan Sheck, he's kind of like the dick in the, he's like the band leader. He's super hot. Used to work for Calvin Klein. He quits. Liv Tyler. Great movie. It is a classic. If people have not watched that movie before, they need to add it to their list. Because Shanna, that's one of my favorite answers. Because I completely forgot how much I loved that movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they they were the the wonders. Remember? That was their group. The Oneaters. Oh, the (laughs) Oneaters. Oh, that's right. Okay. I love that. What is your top Love language. Are you familiar with the five love languages? So we have acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, and quality time. Yeah. So I actually made my husband and I recently redo this. So I'm very, you know, we've freshly done this. Okay. Um, so mine are, I guess, is it like what I prefer or how I receive love? What's the number one way you like to receive love? And then you could also do your answer for giving it too, but it's usually one in the same. Yeah. True. I guess mine. So mine, I think in this order are quality time and um, acts of service. And like my husband and I, both of ours, our last one was gifts. So we're not really big gift people. Um, yeah. so, and he, his were like words of affirmation. And um, it's funny because back in my, like in our, the early days of our relationship was, which was forever ago, I would say back then it was physical touch. And now that I'm a mom and being touched 100% of the time. And so <laughs> physical touch is now Don't like, touch me. It's like three or, <laughs> right. It's like three or four on my list. And now it's like acts of service is so huge and quality time because you know, our time together is much more precious now. Um, yeah. But if he like, if he washes my pump parts, like that's an act of service for me. I'm like, Oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. That's so very sweet. The little, the little things that, that make a big difference now. What is the last show that you binge watched? pre-pregnancy i'm assuming no actually we watched one recently we watched the the most recent episode of, or the season of you have you watched that no i haven't seen that is it good it's kind of effed up oh really yeah okay i'm down to see it. this is the second or third season of it it's been out for a bit the third one the most recent one yeah okay you uh with Car- Penn badgley yeah what is something that people commonly get wrong about you I would say people probably don't know that I have a potty mouth. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I Sailor to, mouth. I really try to censor it, but it's pretty bad. You can just f***ing let it fly here, Queen. We love <laughs> like a good I potty could, mouth. I could uh, let it out with you. but Yeah, of I course. Try to clean it in. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the Queen, my mama. People don't know that about her, too, that she really? has such a mouth on her. Oh, no one would ever assume that about her, uh, but she's such a chola. Yeah, deep down, she has her hood roots. I loved your episodes with her. She's- oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, she's coming back too for more. Uh, <laughs> okay. Next question for you is when you die and come back to this world, let's say you believe in reincarnation. What would you like to come back to this world reincarnated as what animal? I don't know if this is like the most basic answer ever, but I would probably be a dog. Like, yeah. I feel like dogs have such great lives. I need a specific breed for this reincarnation story. Oh my gosh. What dog are you coming back as? Well, I say a lot about who you are. I have two Aussies, two Australian Shepherds. So I have So, but I would probably say them. I mean, they're pretty happy dudes. They're super energetic. They would need to be in a family that uh, gives them exercise more than we do (laughs) because it's hard. Those dogs need to run, right? They love to be active. They have a lot of energy. We have a backyard and then they have each other so they can play. But yeah, I would probably be a dog. Dogs have it pretty good, I think. 
I want to go with one song that is top of your playlist right now. Some A song that, if you had to say, this is the Shanna Hutchison playlist, one song that really does it for you. Which one is at the top of your playlist right now? I'm a big country fan, so I know you might Oh, yeah, you could do that. I love Thomas Rhett. I love, I'm a big T-Swift fan as well. Um, so I'm loving, like, all the new Taylor's version songs. Yes. Oh, yeah, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Mine is Red. Love that that, song. Is, that is such a good one. You know, I loved, did you like the, her folklore album that came out during COVID? Oh, it was okay. Yeah. I was already kind of depressed, so I didn't get into it because I thought it would take me to the depths of it despair. Was kind of dark, dark vibes. Um, yeah. But people love it. It just wasn't my thing. Right. She's got like some of her old, what about Mean? Her like old, uh, old good classic. Classic Taylor Swift, Nashville Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I Gr- sing Never Grow Up to my son a lot. That's sweet. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> Love this. <laughs> All right. At the Low Life Podcast, we have our shows come out every Thursday. So we want to leave the Low Lifers with a little something, something, myself included, with a quote, something to live by. Any quote, it could be from you personally or one that you, you know, have heard from someone, uh, but something to take the Low Lifers into the weekend. Oh, gosh. Give yourself grace and be kind to yourself. Because <laughs> mm. I think a lot of people are probably struggling with thoughts like they need to exercise or restrict or all these things to make up for Thanksgiving and they really don't. So yeah. give yourself grace, be kind to yourself, focus on self care and how you can take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally versus restricting or trying to change your body. Amen. What a great way to go into the- give yourself some damn grace, be kind. Give yourself some love. Yeah, I love this. Amen to that. Well, thank you for being here. I'll link where people could find you. But do you want to drop your Instagram handle, website, anything? Plug it so uh, my listeners can get in touch with you if they want to ask you questions. Yes. So they can find me on Instagram at wellness for the win. And then my blog is also wellnessforthewin.com. So I share all kinds of things. I talk about motherhood. I talk about intuitive eating and all kinds of things. I also share lots of good, healthy recipes. So yeah, check me out. And I'm always, always answering DMs. So feel free to see a message if you ever want to chat. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I just got to take a moment, take a beat and say thank you. Gracias to my low lifers. Really, this little podcast we have here, this community that we've built would be literally nothing without you. I'm so grateful to have you as a listener. And the fact that we can continue to do shows, put out free content for you every single week. There's a team behind it and we're putting out shows. I'm having so much fun doing it, but we're able to do it because of your support. And the best way you can support a podcast, especially an up and comer, a little engine that could like the low life podcast is by leaving a review on Apple podcast, leaving that review, giving a five-star rating, of course, sharing it with your friends and family. It makes a huge difference. That review goes up into the algorithm. It helps with the analytics. It helps get us sponsors. Again, it's just a game changer. So the fact that you take the time to leave that review, it means everything. Thank you for doing that. I read each and every single review, and it could be anything you want it to be. You could leave a little dick emoji, a tamale, a salsa dancer, a heart, or you could actually write something. But the more reviews, the better. A lot of you have written multiple reviews. So Again, I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful that you take the time to do that so that we can continue to put out shows for you. And I want to show my gratitude. I want to show my thanks by opening up the Low Life Gifting Closet. It's the holidays. It's time for some more free shit. And so I'll be giving gifts away, sending them to you. So please leave your Instagram handle in your review because then you have a chance to get an amazing gift sent to you. And it's everything from some pickle popcorn, trashy sangria. I'll have a Keurig. Oh, yeah. I'm sending someone a freaking Keurig. I have a coffee one and then also one that makes all the different cocktails, which was a commercial ad here on the podcast. But I already had one. They sent me one just to have an extra one, I guess. So I'm going to be giving that to one of my listeners. Um, In addition to some gift cards, more gifts from our sponsors, there's just some great stuff that you could have for the holidays. And it's just a way for me to say, Thank you so much and show my appreciation. So again, on the reviews, uh, make sure you put your Instagram handle because I might just be sliding into your DMs and hitting you up for your address so I can send you a little something, something. I want to take a moment to shout out some listeners who have left their reviews on Apple Podcasts. The first one up coming in hot is from at Karen Triple, K-A-R-E-N. 
T-R-I-P-P-E-L. Karen Triple writes, pee my pants laughing. <laughs> Five stars. I can honestly say that low makes me laugh so hard every week that I end up peeing just a little. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I have just pushed out two kids, so it's not super hard to make me pee. But still, this podcast is funny, entertaining, heartwarming, and just the best. Though brightens up my day with every listen, even if I have to do more laundry because of him. Sending all my love and lots of hugs with a little kiss emoji. <laughs> oh, Karen, it is an honor for me to make you piss yourself a little bit every single week. So thank you <laughs> for taking the time to leave that beautiful review. I can't wait for more episodes and more pee for you. <laughs> all right, next review comes from Emily Rose. Oh, what a beautiful name. At Emily underscore R underscore E. Emily Rose writes, the most authentic host out there. Oh, wow. Five stars. Lo, you were made for this job. You always turn my frown upside down within the first five minutes of your podcast. My sister and I bond over your episodes, and we feel like we are your from afar, never met before besties. We also love hanging out at the neighborhood cemetery. <gasps> what? We frequently visit our favorite dead people. <laughs> please, please, please do an episode on your pet peeves because I feel like you will just nail a lot of mine as which will help me feel more normal. Thank you for being you. Much love from Seattle. <gasps> Damn, I love Seattle. It's nice and rainy there. Great coffee, great people. Mm. Emily Rose, you are my people, you beautiful queen. You and your sister, thank you for listening to this podcast. I love that you guys enjoy a good cemetery moment. I freaking love it. I should make a trip to Seattle just to go check out some cemeteries there. Do like a little cemetery tour of the United States. <laughs> I would freaking love to do that. Thank you for leaving that review. I love it so much. And yes, I will definitely be doing an episode on pet peeves because I got a long ass list of shit that pisses me off. So stay tuned for that. I also want to take a moment to shout out one listener in particular who sent me the sweetest care package. Surprised me. I did not expect that. And a beautiful card along with it. Uh, Cindy, if you're listening to this right now, I know you're probably driving. You're in Canada right now, but Cindy sent me freaking ketchup chips all the way from Canada. I freaking love ketchup chips. Ketchup Lay's. Ooh, so good. I have such a soft spot in my heart for Canadians, and that completely made my day. I actually was having a really tough week, and then I got this care package, and I opened it up with a beautiful card, and I was like, oh, wow, this is everything right now. And then I also hit her up on Instagram, and she sent me some voice notes, and I loved the voice notes because she was actually giving me feedback on my episodes, like live in the moment, which again was so special for me to hear. So thank you for that, Cindy. And for anyone out there who listens to the podcast and has DM'd me, um, I'm trying to get to my DMs right now. I updated my phone, updated the app, and a lot of my DMs just disappeared. So yeah, if you DM'd me and haven't heard back yet, I'm not ignoring you. I'm getting to it. Just resend it, copy, paste, booms, hit me with it again uh, so that it goes to the top so I could actually see it. Uh, and respond to you. But thank you. I, I love hearing from you. I love talking to you. And we can continue the conversation in the Low Life Facebook group. So if you want to join that, you could hit me up there as well. Or again, slide into my DMs. But again, uh, Cindy up in Canada, you queen. Thank you for the ketchup chips and the beautiful message in the card. And on that note, I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. Maybe start journaling, watch a Christmas movie, get in the holiday spirit. Maybe have yourself a nice big glass of wine. But don't forget to drink your water, putas. Because <laughs> I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Over there with you. <laughs>